This is day 98 of our daily Bible reading plan. We'll be completing Psalm chapters 8 through 12. Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you for this time to study you and study your word and just to praise your name. And we just love this part of the Bible where we can just devote our heart to just praise and glorifying you and discovering who we are in you. And just to recognize the mercies that you give us every day, the grace, the honor, the privileges, the multitude of blessings that we have every single day. Now you never give us the bare minimum, Lord. We thank you for that. And we just lift our hearts to you this day and just give you all the glory and everything. May you frustrate the plans of the evil ones. And may your justice be done on earth. May we be instruments of your will today and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth, who have displayed your splendor above the heavens. From the mouths of infants and nursing babes you have established strength because of your adversaries, to make the enemy and the revengeful cease. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you have taken thought of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than God, and you crown him with glory and majesty. You make him to rule over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen and all the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonders. I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. When my enemies turn back, they stumble and perish before you. For you have maintained my just cause. You have sat on the throne judging righteously. You have rebuked the nations. You have destroyed the wicked. You have blotted out their name forever and ever. The enemy has come to an end in perpetual ruins, and you have uprooted the cities. The very memory of them has perished. But the Lord abides forever. He has established his throne for judgment, and he will judge the world in righteousness. He will execute judgment for the peoples with equity. The Lord also will be a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Sing praises to the Lord who dwells in Zion. Declare among the peoples his deeds. For he who requires blood remembers them. He does not forget the cry of the afflicted. Be gracious to me, O Lord. See my affliction from those who hate me, you who lift me up from the gates of death, that I may tell of all your praises, 
that in the gates of the daughter of Zion I may rejoice in your salvation. The nations have sunk down in the pit which they have made. In the net which they hid, their own foot has been caught. The Lord has made himself known. He has executed judgment. In the work of his own hands, the wicked is snared. Higion Selah The wicked will return to Sheol, even all the nations who forget God. For the needy will not always be forgotten, nor the hope of the afflicted perish forever. Arise, O Lord, do not let man prevail. Let the nations be judged before you. Put them in fear, O Lord. Let the nations know that they are but men. Selah. Why do you stand afar off, O Lord? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? In pride the wicked hotly pursue the afflicted. Let them be caught in the plots which they have devised. For the wicked boasts of his heart's desire, and the greedy man curses and spurns the Lord. The wicked, in the haughtiness of his countenance, does not seek him. All his thoughts are, there is no God. His ways prosper at all times. Your judgments are on high, out of his sight. As for all his adversaries, he snorts at them. He says to himself, I will not be moved. Throughout all generations, I will not be in adversity. His mouth is full of curses and deceit and oppression. Under his tongue is mischief and wickedness. He sits in the lurking places of the villages. In the hiding places, he kills the innocent. His eyes stealthily watch for the unfortunate. He lurks in a hiding place as a lion in his lair. He lurks to catch the afflicted. He catches the afflicted when he draws him into his net. He crouches, he bows down, and the unfortunate fall by his mighty ones. He says to himself, God has forgotten. He has hidden his face. He will never see it. Arise, O Lord, O God, lift up your hand. Do not forget the afflicted. Why has the wicked spurned God? He has said to himself, You will not require it. You have seen it, for you have beheld mischief and vexation to take it into your hand. The unfortunate commits himself to you. You have been the helper of the orphan. Break the arm of the wicked and the evildoer. Seek out his wickedness until you find none. The Lord is king forever and ever. Nations have perished from his land. O Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. You will strengthen their heart. You will incline your ear to vindicate the orphan and the oppressed, so that man who is of the earth will no longer cause terror. In the Lord I take refuge. How can you say to my soul, Flee as a bird to your mountain? For behold, the wicked bend the bow. They make ready their arrow upon the string, to shoot in darkness at the upright in heart. 
If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids test the sons of men. The Lord tests the righteous and the wicked, and the one who loves violence his soul hates. Upon the wicked he will rain snares. Fire and brimstone and burning wind will be the portion of their cup. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteousness. The upright will behold his face. Help, Lord, for the godly man ceases to be. For the faithful disappear from among the sons of men. They speak falsehood to one another. With flattering lips and with a double heart they speak. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips, the tongue that speaks great things. Who have said, With our tongue we will prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? Because of the devastation of the afflicted, because of the groaning of the needy, now I will arise, says the Lord. I will set him in the safety for which he longs. The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace on the earth, refined seven times. You, O Lord, will keep them. You will preserve him from this generation forever. The wicked strut about on every side, when vileness is exalted among the sons of men. Okay, another great reading. Now, I have to say it, that selfishly, yes, I do like that these are shorter right now to give us a little bit of a break. But what I instead want us to focus on is not so much that, all right, well, it's only 10, 15 minutes today. Boom, let's get it done, and I'm on with my day. We should use that time to just meditate on this. The Psalms are chock full of theology and proper posture and worship of God. We should really be dissecting these psalms and just figuring out what they mean and how they relate to us. Because don't you just love that about the psalms? The psalms are so relatable, right? Because no matter where we are in history, God's word is eternal. First off, because God is eternal, therefore it will always be relevant. But secondly is, the people of the ancient world are not so different from us. The base nature and our desires and our greeds and our sins are all the same. It's just the cycle repeating over and over and over. The nature of man in its fallen state will not change from the time that they fell at the beginning until the end. So it will always be this way. And so all the problems that the world has and all the issues that we think we have that are so unique to us are not unique at all. They may look a little different. They might have a fresh coat of paint on them, but they are the same root problems that have always existed since the beginning because of sin. And most often than not, 
it is because of pride, which is probably the worst sin that man suffers with. Because isn't that the sin that caused Satan to fall? Pride? Not to mention, pride was one of the sins that we committed at the Garden of Eden. When Eve looked at that apple, or fruit, or whatever it was, so from the very beginning, pride has been our downfall. And it will never change until the Lord returns. Psalm chapter 8 is a psalm of David, and it is just a really inquisitive poem, isn't it? Because it just, he asks the question, Lord, you are so glorious, and even the mouths of babies praise you. And that's something that is quoted by Jesus later. But, Lord, why do you put so much focus on us? When I consider everything that you've made, I look at the stars in the sky, I see the glory of your creation, I just see these celestial bodies floating in space. Why are we so important to you, Lord? What is man that you take thought of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Why are we so valuable to you, Lord? Just when we look at the majesty of your creation around us, and then we look at ourselves, we feel so insignificant. And yet, despite all the glorious work of your creation, you still care about us, as insignificant as we are. How wonderful that is. And this is one of those psalms as well that it says here in verse 5, Yet you have made him a little lower than God. Now, some translations might say a little lower than the angels. But either way, it is the image that we were made in God's image. And therefore, we carry a piece of God in us, in a, in a way, something that resembles him. And so we don't have anything near power as he does, but there's something about us that is familiar about God. But when it mentions the word God here, it is the word Elohim, which is the masculine plural noun. So again, it was always understood from the very beginning that God was the Trinity from the beginning. Because in the beginning, verse Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God, Elohim, plural, masculine, noun, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. So, we were made a little bit lower than the Trinity, if you want to put it more simply. And he does crown us with glory and majesty, doesn't he? And he's got so much in store for us in the next life. So I'm so excited about that. And he reminds us as well that we have dominion over this earth. We rule over this world. And we subdue it and we have dominion over it. But we're also to be responsible with it. Psalm chapter 9 is a psalm of David. And here he is praising the Lord who is a righteous judge for destroying the wicked and how he frustrates the plans of the wicked. So we see that again, that the Lord is the judge, and he will judge the world in righteousness. He knows the day of the Lord will come one day, and when he does, everyone will be put into judgment. 
the Lord will also be a stronghold for the oppressed. Isn't he? He is a stronghold in times of trouble, and we should use him for that. Surely we should run to him in those moments. And those who know your name will put their trust in you, for you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. He has never abandoned us, and he never will. He is wholly faithful and trustworthy. Surely we should run to him when times get hard. Chapter 10 is another lament. This one, we don't know who wrote it. It doesn't have a name on it. So uh, this person is very frustrated with what reminds me of Job. You know, how, you know, the wicked boast and they get away with stuff. His ways seem to prosper all the time. And he says to himself that no one can stop me. There is no God. And then God comes in and answers his prayer and takes action against him. So when you read it in this style, it looks a lot like David. It doesn't say it is David's psalm, but it looks like it's most likely his. The way he writes it as well as the themes seem very cohesive with the other psalms. But we just see how God frustrates the wicked, and the wicked have no power against him. They'll get away with it for a little while, but like it says in verse 16, the Lord is king forever and ever. Nations have perished from his land. O Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. You will strengthen their heart. You will incline your ear to vindicate the orphan and the oppressed. So that man who is of the earth will no longer cause terror. He will take action and he will redeem his people. Psalm 11 is a psalm of David, and this is a song of trust. It's a short one, but you just see how he, again, with adversaries at his hot on his heels, but he trusts in the Lord as his foundation. These people are ready to attack, but God's in heaven. He's sitting on his throne in heaven, and his eyes behold, his eyelids test the son of men. The Lord tests the righteous and the wicked, and the one who loves violence his soul hates. That's a very strong language there, that he tests men. And he looks for those who are faithful. And those who are not faithful, he will judge, and he hates evil. I mean, that's a very strong word to use, but that is, it is everything that's against his nature. So, of course, he hates it. You can have hatred and be righteous at the same time. God is evidence of this. Why? Because God is the standard. And the bar is very high for him. Then certainly our bar should be high as well. Anything that offends God should offend us. Everything that God loves, we should love. We should be imitators of him and being obedient to his word. The Lord is righteous, verse 7, and he loves righteousness. And the upright will behold his face. Not only literally, because in heaven we will see the Lord, but also we will see his presence in our lives. We'll see his glory being manifest in what we do. He will bless our hands and our work. Amen.
Then we have Psalm 12, which is a Psalm of David. And we see here the how much he just contrasts the trouble caused by wicked with how beautiful the word of God is. The words of the Lord are pure, as silver tried in a furnace on the earth, refined seven times, seven being a perfect number, the number of perfection. And the reason why this is important as well is because how do you purify silver? You smelt it down, and then there's some black stuff or some discolored stuff that'll float to the surface, and that's called dross, and you take the dross out, and once you take all the dross out, you scrape it all out, then what you have left is just pure silver. And that's what the Lord's word is like. And everything that the Lord says that he's going to do, he's going to keep his word. And wicked is just going to strut around and do what they always do, despite what God says. But at the end, God will have the last laugh, and God will have his justice. We have nothing to worry about. We never have. But with that realization, that should bring us all the comfort in the world. We have nothing to worry about. God's got it all under control. But that's all I have for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan, and we'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless you.